Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bar podcast. I'm your host, Denise Satova. And I know I say this every single time, but I really mean it. Today, we do have a special treat for you because we have a very special couple. And this is our first time we have a couple. And with us, we have Judy Poehler, who's a highly experienced family law attorney from Prior Cashman, which is a Manhattan-based law firm. And then Rob Afuso, who's a former drummer for Skid Row. And now he's uh, with Soul System Orchestras. So th their, their intertwined journey, and I know this will sound corny, but I, I truly mean it, from courtrooms to concert stages, it really is a fascinating blend of law and music. Uh, welcome, Judy and Rob. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know what? At, on a surface, at a first blush, you could say, wow, what an interesting mix. Rob, you're a musician. You used to be a drummer with the Skid Row. We'll, we'll get to that. Judy, you're a partner at a prestigious law firm. You know, th that is an interesting blend. You could say from a courtroom, you know, probably not a mosh pit. But underneath all that, you've been together for a long time, and you obviously you you you're human. <laughs> you have you have interests, and you made it work. And so, but I am still interested, though. How did your paths first cross? So we uh, met at a mutual friend's birthday party uh, nineteen years ago. And um, we were not set up to be together at that birthday party, uh, but we found our way to one another and both experienced a real warmth from the other, just as humans, and started a journey that is continuing. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 Rob, what would you add to that? <laughs> um, I I can feel Judy pinching my side, saying, "Don't you dare!" <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is raw and unfiltered, by the way. Didn't you get the memo? <laughs> uh, no. Well, well, there. She was there to see another Rob. So happened, I came in and he said, oh, that's just Rob. And she said, but not and the Rob. And here we are. And, and here, here we are. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you were the accidental Rob and here we, here we go. <laughs> yep. Well, fair enough. So, so let's fast forward a little bit since your first date. So now let's fast forward since your first date. What has it been like getting immersed in, in each other's different worlds and lifestyles? Um, so I, what went through my mind when you asked that question was what different lifestyles we each have. And it's been, uh, Fun, I'll speak for myself because his lifestyle's probably a bit more fun than mine. Um, I have definitely learned to stay up a whole lot later 
than I ever would have thought. Um, being around so many different people, musicians are just so many different personalities. It's been fun and interesting. Uh, hearing happy sounds, all these clanging and music is again, very different from my day. And it's, it's been interesting and fun and different. Yeah, well, same same here when I go to all of these lawyer conventions, <laughs> matrimonial lawyer conventions, which, which I have learned that matrimonial lawyers do drink a lot. <laughs> they drink a lot more than I would have expected, and they're, they're a lot of fun. But I can understand that since, you know, most of their life is is uh, spent in other people's worst times of their lives. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I've, I've also learned, you know, we, we, we definitely have this really wonderful yin-yang thing that we bring a lot of different uh, worlds together and it's, 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 it's a great, it's a great combo. I, I, together now? well, 19 years, but I do want to add to the conference piece and not only the conference piece, but when Rob comes to events at my firm, I, I think that probably without fail, they're much happier to see him than me and every conference, the first words are, where's Rob? Because Rob's the <laughs> fun guy, so. You're fun too, just, I, I help bring it out. That's interesting, that's interesting, right? She, Judy has it, so you bring it out she of does. her. I, I believe you do, I believe you have that side, Judy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> goes, yep. <laughs> okay. By the time we get done, yes, you, we will, we will see that where now, wh where do you feel yourself getting, or I don't know if now so much you've been together for 19 years, but maybe initially, where do you see yourself getting most challenged as, as a person in, in this relationship and you feel like you grew? You can go first, Rob. <laughs> well, I, I really, I think the most challenging thing is Judy really uh, operates within the lines. She colors within the box. She colors within the lines, and um, and I'm not used to playing in the box and coloring inside the lines. So uh those kind of those, those <laughs> that i think that's um was initially the most challenging and it still is uh but now it's sort of something we we understand we uh acknowledge and we sometimes laugh about it and sometimes don't laugh about it i would Judy. say what 
has been the most challenging and continues is how different our schedules are. I have really long, intense weeks. And when the weekend comes around, even if I have work, for the most part, I can catch my breath. Rob works most weekends and it makes it hard to find the time to relax together and also be really respectful of when one has to work and when the other has to work. And even with having grown kids and a lot more flexibility in life, it's still challenging because of how different our schedules are. Hmm. How do you handle disagreements? Um, we talk about them. I, I think that we're, we're apart a lot. Um, and it doesn't, and I think I can say for both of us, it doesn't feel good when there's a tension between us with the distance. So, you know, we talk and try and come to some kind of understanding and figuring out like how we get past whatever the disagreement is. And and I Rob. say, why do I feel like I'm being deposed right now? <laughs> I Rob has too. a lot of re repeat lines he uses. So only used it once this show. <laughs> so far, so far, so far. <laughs> I really appreciate. I appreciate you being so authentic and and vulnerable um and you know look ag agreements disagreements i mean that that's part of being human and um i've learned too it's not about not having them because that's not realistic but being able to come together and being able to come to some sort of understanding uh it's it's easy to throw in a towel i used to be a runner hey this ain't working or i could get hurt i'm out of here now it's like no i'm gonna feel it I'm going to let myself feel it. I'm going to stay here and kind of try to separate, you know, what's mine and what isn't. Um, now, individually, I'm, I'm really curious about your own individual journeys. Uh, Rob, let's start with you. Um, can you walk us through your journey from music to meeting Judy? Um, and obviously, you, you know, you, you did share with me that there was a mentor early on in life um who inspired you um and your love for music and then later on your judy i'm sorry your journey was skid row and and uh and actually ending up uh here with uh with uh soul system orchestras just just walk us through that well i i've had several mentors musically in my life but the the uh, well, actually, the first one really was uh, when I was probably about eight years old. Uh, 
my uh, I was with my mom and and we were quite poor at the time and she uh, she worked at a college in the kitchen and she met this uh, she met the dishwasher who had long hair and she always seemed to gravitate to people with long hair and for whatever reason I don't know she whatever I, it was seventies you know she was hippie girl and um, so she finds out that this gentleman is a drummer and he's living in a Salvation Army box. <clears throat> so uh, I always get choked up on this one. Um, so uh, she offered him a place to live at her house if he taught me how to play drums. So that was uh, the first um, inspiration. Um, and that was probably the most important one. Whew. It's always a hard story to tell. Mostly because it's, uh, it was, I think, so selfless of my mom. And yeah. she this uh, homeless guy did what he loved and from it uh, had a place to live and we had a great relationship and uh, he recently died. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, there's that. <laughs> I need makeup. Time out. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and then moving forward into uh, the the next chapter would be my my high school music teacher. Uh, he just uh, really, you know, usually the 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 drummers in the in the orchestra are always uh, sort of made fun of that you know we're the we're the dumb fun guys, uh, which sometimes I like to play that, and sometimes I like to prove people wrong about that stigma. Um, and I think he just appreciated the talent I had and uh, he saw it and he really pushed me through, um, through my four years at, at uh, in the orchestra with him. And he also pushed me to go to school for music, um, which I decided not to do, but he uh, was very instrumental in finding the uh, private lessons, drum teachers, things like that. And so, uh, and he's still actually in my life. I haven't spoken to him in a while, but he was very, very special man. Wow, he, he must have made quite an imprint. Yes. His name was Vic Izzo. I forgot that part. Wow. So where were we? You're um, supposed to finish going Skid Row, yeah. how you got to Soul System. Oh, that's Skid Row part. Um, well, so I, I ended up going on to uh, NYU where I studied uh, marketing and PR more so than music. I, I took drum lessons. I minored in music. And then uh, 
just that summer, the summer before my graduation, uh, I was down the beach at the Jersey Shore, uh, and I had a mutual friend that was in Bon Jovi, and I got an audition for Bon Jovi. And uh, <clears throat> I remember I was on the beach, and I get, uh, actually, I didn't get a call because there was no cell phones then. I get home and there's a message saying, can you be at the studio in two hours? And I was an hour away and I still had to pack up my drums. So I called and I said, of course I can. And uh, I got all the drums in my little Toyota Celica and drove <clears throat> 100 miles an hour to the audition uh, where I auditioned for Bon Jovi. And the guitar player, um, who his name is Snake, was there who started the band Skid Row. And I didn't obviously get into Bon Jovi, but he came up to me and said, well, you know, if this doesn't work out, I'm doing a new, this new thing and I would love to have you with us. So that's sort of, it was an audition for Bon Jovi, but it worked out to be my audition for Skid Row. So um, <laughs> that's how that worked. And then, you know, on the road, that, that was a good 10 years. And I always kept thinking, God, you know, this is not the Rolling Stones. This isn't going to last all my life. Where am I going to go with this? I'm not a songwriter. I, you know, I don't, I can write music, but I'm not, there's no way I'm going to make a living writing music. And I uh, just thought about, you know, having an events band and having fun. And I always loved Motown and big, big, you know, mm -hmm. big sound, a lot of horns, a lot of singers, choreography. So one summer when I was off tour, I started this band and I named it Soul System and we played clubs and did dance music. And it was a really great band. And the, the success of that band kind of morphed into a business. And so when Skid Row broke up in 1997, 98, um, I had already had this band kind of lined up to take off. And that's how really that we just kind of, just kind of dovetailed into Soul System. Um, of course, hoping Skid Row would get back together, but it, it hasn't 20, 30 years later. So I'm kind of giving up on that one. But the, uh, the, um, but Soul System on, uh, conversely has really taken off. So, um, right. So the company became Soul System Orchestras and, and, uh, we do, you know, large private events, events around the country and the world. Um, and that, uh, so it was at that point in my life when I met Judy, because I think if, I was in Skid Row. She wouldn't have had any part, any part of me, <laughs> for for many reasons. <laughs> but uh, I think, the, well, the, the most probable reason is that um, I was always away. I mean, we you know we have enough trouble just seeing each other, and uh, when we're you know ninety miles apart. So, um, being on the road at this point in my life uh, would would probably not work for us as well as it has uh, in the past. Everything happens for a reason. Wow, what a story. Judy, what was your path to becoming a lawyer and, and how did your life change after meeting Rob? So my path to becoming a lawyer was and probably not that different than a lot of lawyer stories. The bit of a difference for me was when I was in college, uh, I started 
working with a group of women and we created a shelter for battered women. I worked a lot with domestic violence victims. And as I got to the end of college and looked at a lot of the issues that these people faced, I thought, well, law school would be a good place for me to get an education and try and do something to help in a different way. So I went to law school. I graduated law school. Um, I was really lucky and started my career by having uh, a clerkship at the U.S. Court of Appeals Second Circuit. Um, and actually, that story of how I got that position always sort of makes me laugh because I was going to law school in Boston. I had to fly into New York for an interview and I come into these like very big majestic uh, courtroom in the second circuit building and I met with these two judges and my mother had picked me up at the airport drove me to my interview and one of the judges asked me what made you decide to become a lawyer and it was such an intense setting and I had this moment of feeling like I needed some levity and so I said and this was actually a true statement that my grandfather always used to tell me that I'd be a great lawyer because I was a real con artist. And <laughs> I said this to these two judges and there was, it was a woman and a man. And I remember the woman just stared at me and she smiled a little and the male judge just cracked up. And then I went on to give my serious statement, which I just said a few minutes ago and was a bit more eloquent and tried to show my intellect. Um, and I remember leaving and my mom waiting for me to drive me back to the airport and her asking me about it and what did I say and what did they ask me and I told her what I said and she was like you didn't say that did you and <laughs> yes I had said it and I got the job and I clerked for two years and then I did this stint at a Wall Street firm um, like totally off track from what got me to where I was in the first place, but had law school loans and some college loans to pay off. Um, I hated being a commercial litigator. I did it for four years. I ended up at a mid-sized firm. I got given a divorce case because one came into the firm as a, um, a favor to another partner. I really liked it and mm. um, started doing more, started going to a, like networking things, bar association, really on my own to try and develop um, the, the knowledge, the skills. Um, 
and I've been practicing family law now for over 30 years. Um, I've been at my current firm for 14 years. We're 13 lawyers in our group. When I started, I came with an associate and we've built the department to a great department in a really wonderful entrepreneurial firm that supports our practice area. Oh. How would your colleagues describe you, Judy? Well, my kids ask me, like, what would your associates say you're like to work for? Um, so that's a, your question was a nicer question than my children's <laughs> questions to me. Um, so, um, my colleagues at my firm and my group would probably describe me as intense, um, dedicated, uh, focused, um, kind um, with real ethics of, of how this work should be done. Hmm. She's also very funny. I, I, I know she is. She's, she's hiding very it. Funny. <laughs> well, you know, that actually, that's my question. Uh, Judy, what makes you laugh? Rob definitely makes me laugh. Um, I, um, you know, I don't know. I, there's no one thing that makes me laugh when, uh, you know, we had a family law lunch today and, you know, we sat around and no one really wanted to leave the lunch, which is very unusual. And, you know, just sharing like funny things things that are going on with each other and clients. It's just the lightness of being around people and other people laughing. Yeah, I can see that. It's, a, it's an emotionally charged <clears throat> world feel that you are in. Um, Rob, what about you? What makes you laugh? Uh, I laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> can you tell us a joke can you tell us one no 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 i can't yeah. no i i laugh i laugh because i i laugh a lot of myself i just um uh but yeah i'm not a good joke teller because i'm always laughing before i tell the the, the lie but the um you know uh, that's that's really what makes me laugh um I, I love sarcastic humor, which is why I laugh at Judy, with Judy all the time. Um, she certainly has a sharp sense of sarcastic humor, uh, which she does use on me at times, uh, which is wonderful because she gets a message across in a humorous, sarcastic way. Right, hon? Right on. There you go. <laughs> um, 
how do you each reset, you know, as, as individuals, right? Because you're not the same. <clears throat> and then as a couple, when you're not working. Um, it's an interesting question. Um, so for me, what do I do to reset for myself? I work out. Um, at the end of a long day, I like to sit and watch stupid TV. I find it distracting. I read. I um, need quiet alone time and alone. I'm happy to have that alone be with Rob. Um, in terms of resetting with Rob, what I like to just be together. We go out to eat. Now we have our dog. We have to go to restaurants that let our dog in. Um, she has anxiety issues, can't be alone. Mm. Um, I love when we travel. That's probably my favorite thing. That's what comes to mind. The, uh, we do travel well. Um, we do have a beautiful horse farm uh, up in the Hudson Valley, where I'm at now. Uh, that's actually Judy's real background. This is my real background, that the farm is out there. But I love, uh, I love to get on the big John Deere and go mow the fields. That's a um, really satisfying reset. Um, and, you know, just to do things around on the farm and, and lay on the beach. <laughs> Those are my resets. Wow. You both have just taken me away. Um, and that is, that is so important, um, just to, to unplug, um, wh whatever, whatever that is. Um, so if you were to give for couples who are watching, what advice would you give them on, on juggling careers and finding time to nurture the relationship? You know, how do you keep the rhythm going? You can go first, Rob. I was, I was gonna, like, you should go first. It's like, I don't know the answer to that right now. So you go first. Well, I gotta you know, that's sort of what I was thinking, you know, it's, uh, we are certainly not experts at this, and we certainly aren't in a position to give advice on relationships. Um, but I think um, a, a big part of it is that, which is good and bad, is we do have a lot of time away from each other. So when we are together, um, when we are together, the it's more important to be together and enjoy the moment uh, because we don't mm. get that often. I think it's funny because I never would have thought of the importance of having distance, but because that's such a part of our life, I think we both appreciate having the separation. And like Rob said, you know, when we, get together, it's really nice to be together. And 
it's it makes it more special even if the special is you know just doing our regular thing because we don't have it all the time and i think it's just not taking each other for granted you know we start the day even if we're not together with reaching out to one another we end the day with reaching out to one another it's we don't always have time during the day to connect but i think there's always a sense that the other's there that i actually that resonates with me because um my husband and i we we maintain a long-term long distance relationship for many years and uh i've learned that you know being on your own or, or having that long time doesn't mean lay. it's actually healthy it's uh i think i think all of us need it i think many people are afraid that if they do have that something bad will happen or that means you know there will be some sort of a loss and then they have a tendency to do this right I think it's it's healthy to get some space. Um, this has been, um, and then on a final note, um, you know, we could all use more kindness um, in this world. What's one random act of kindness that you could you could think of that that just sort of made made your day? And maybe it's not very recent, but the one that you can you can you can think of. Well, I would say for me, I just lost my mom very recently. And um, it's really made me think of how hard it is for people to suffer a loss, whatever that loss is. And I have seen other people in the last six or eight weeks experienced their own losses and so going to visit with them going to speak with them reaching out to them feels like something that's important to do and let people know that they're not alone I'm sorry for your loss, Judy. Thank you. Um, there was uh, uh, recently, this was very recent, that's why I guess it's in the forefront of my mind. There's uh, where, where I live here, is, it's, it's very uh, country rural uh, and this neighbor who I don't know but I know he's a neighbor. Uh, uh, he was cutting logs, and the the logs fell off the the trailer and fell on him, and he was severely injured and airlifted. And the the cutting the wood was his source of income. And uh, a group of um, people that I know got together and went and started cutting the wood for him and splitting the wood so that. The family would have income um and i think that just is i don't know if you've ever split and piled wood but it's it's hard work and uh i think that just was selfless of these people and uh, it really touched me 
Thank you both so much. I, wow. Now we're talking about being teary eyed. <laughs> I, 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 I am, I really thank you both for uh, being so vulnerable and, and, and authentic. Um, and, and it's been a true joy having you here um, and, and sharing your story. And, uh, you know, this is just the beginning that there, there will be a part two for sure. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Denisa. Appreciate it. Thank you. Denise. Thanks. Bye, honey. Bye. And, uh, Bye thank you. And, uh, and to find out more about Judy Poehler and Rob Afuso and how to get a hold of them, click on their respective file links below. And do not forget to hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, Beyond the Bar Podcast. And until next time, stay curious and stay inspired.